Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. More about what it means to be a disciple, and um, let us pray. Yeah, for sure. Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you, God, for all that you've done. We thank you for every single person that is in this room, God. We thank you for bringing them here. We thank you, God, that we get to experience freedom, God, in this place. We thank you, God, because we get to uh, see the evidence of the Holy Spirit, see the evidence of your touch on this church, God. We do not take it for granted, God. As we uh, as we share this word, God, we pray, Heavenly Father, God, we submit our, 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 our mouths, our words to you, God, and we pray, Lord, that what your children need to hear, what they've been, what they've been looking for, God, that you give it to them, Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, that every heart, every ear is fertile fertile ground, God, Amen. for your word, God, and I pray Heavenly Father, Lord, that in everyone that is hearing, whether they're online or in person, God, I pray, God, that thing that they need, Lord, they shall get it in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know what, we're going to read a chapter, like last week, oh, we'll try to see if you guys can guess the topic. <laughs> you can, you did see, last week, I saw my notes, but this week, you can't see my notes. So we're going to read it from Daniel 1, Daniel 1 from verse 8 to 16. Long one, so we're going to read it together. Daniel 1 from verse 8 to 16. Okay. So we're going to read it from NKJV because I'm old school like that. If you're there, say there. There, there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll read 8, you read 9, you read 10. Like that. Wait, did, hold on. I wasn't going fast enough. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel 1 is actually okay, up there. Okay, All right. So I read, read 8, read 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. So that way will be fast. So verse 8. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile, taint, dishonor himself with the king's finest food or with the wine which the king drank. So he excused. Oh, actually, no. Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the Enochs that he might not defile himself. Nine. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. Ten. Uh, We don't hear you. Thank you. 11. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. 13. Fourteen. So he consented with them in this matter, in this matter, and tested them ten days. Fifteen. And at the end of the ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate at the portion of the king's delicacies. Okay. So we can guess what the topic of today is. Oh, wow! So I'll come up here and preach vegetables. Don't worry, your, doctor, your doctors are doing better. No, that was a good one. That was That's a good not one. for us. That, one, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, so our topic today is discipline. Discipline. <laughs> we're, we're entering into this part of the series where we understand that we are disciples, but now we have to walk it out, right? We have to walk it out. And one of the major essential things for being a disciple is being disciplined, right? Discipline. So, what is discipline? Discipline is self-imposed standards for a higher goal. 
Discipline is, is self-imposed standards for a higher goal. Operating as demanded, not as convenient. Mm-hmm. And you know what's amazing about discipline is that discipline comes from the word disciple. Funny enough. <clears throat> and in, in, in the literal meaning when it comes from the word disciple, it's basically a point of point that's, it's, this, is the, this is the definition, mortification by scourging oneself. That sounds like weird English, right? Mortification by scourging oneself. But that basically means that you're literally whipping yourself from doing what you don't want to do. You're literally whipping yourself. So <clears throat> discipline from disciple. And I think it's so funny as we're, as we're in this series of, of a, you know, disciple, the disciple, that discipline is literally from that word. So as a disciple, you're a learner. But as, as discipline comes in, it's almost in a way that you're almost just beating yourself from doing what you know was not right. That's good. Um, we just read um, Daniel. The Bible says Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And discipline first comes from the heart. It's not, um, it's, it's not really an outward thing. It's something you would have to say, I'm not going to do this. And we can see, if you continue reading the story of Daniel, you, you understand what happened to him eventually because of this decision he made to be disciplined. And so we need to understand that discipline comes from vision. Um, when you see where you're going, you kind of know the route to get there. And so some, when, when the Lord is telling you, what, let's just give an example. Students, you're trying to pass an exam. You're trying to write an exam. And now you know I want to pass my exam. So what do you think or what do you do? Okay, I think I need to study. How much do I need to study? I have never opened this book before, so I need to study more. I've opened a little bit, so I need to study a little bit more. And so because you know the vision and the goal, then you know what is required for you to get there. And so discipline is a lifestyle for a disciple. Because like we, t- we preached last week about sacrifice, you have to kill yourself to some things. You can't carry load. You can't carry an heavy load and be walking the journey of life. It will slow you down. I think, and I think to really give you guys a good framework, because... You know, as she preached about sacrifice last week, discipline is a very interesting topic because I think all of us, we strive to be disciplined. Can we say that? In one area of our lives, whether it's in our finances, um, the time we go to sleep, or reading our Bible. But as a believer and as walking as being a disciple, you have to understand there's a framework to why discipline is important. And I want us to open uh, our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 17. 17. When you're there, let me know. I got my phone today, so I think I can beat some of y'all. 2 Corinthians 5, and then we're going to read from 17 to 18. So, and the scripture says here, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So here's the thing, guys. When you commit to being a, you know, you're a follower, right? We realize that followership is a, is a, is a level where, you know, you, you, you give your life to Christ. You don't really have to do that much stuff, right? But then being a disciple is where you take the encounter and you have an action to it, right? So now if you're a disciple, you have to understand there's a certain level where you realize that the old has passed away, right? And I think a lot of believers, the, the situation that makes it hard is, and let's just be real, guys, you're, you, you have an encounter, you're delivered, and the next day you have to go back to what you were in. Mm, right? So let's be real. You, let's say you, you squandered all your money and you're in debt, right? And let's say it's just because you, you were trying to cheat people and it backfired on you. Scammers. <clears throat> um, but... 
It's okay, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but let's say now you have an encounter and your heart is moved to not change, like to change, and you're, you're past that. The truth is that now you have to go back to that lifestyle, a new creation, right? But the circumstance is still the same. And the thing is that a lot of us have a hard, like we don't want to talk about discipline because it, it hits a different level. It hits like a different part of us. Like, it, it hits, like, a different part within the back room where it's like, okay, like, I'm still working on it. That's always what we say. I'm still working on it. It's excuses. I'm still working on it. But here's the thing. The, and Paul, and we'll read some more scripture, but it's like, because you're a new creation, the way you walk has to change. The way you talk has to change. Mm-hmm. And there's an instant understanding that those things that you necessarily weren't disciplined in before, you have to change it. And I think, and, and as I was talking with Alade this, this, earlier this week, she, she gave a good example about how sometimes those things that you were in before you were delivered sometimes help when you're delivered. Yeah, um, um, I'll explain that example, but as you were talking, one thing that came to mind is I realized that discipline and self-control works hand in hand. Um, and self-control is one of the well, Bible scholars, I am proud. Um, but yeah, it works one of the food of the spirit. And so it's almost like, Let's, let me do it. Let's do a math equation. Let's see if you know your math. Minus one plus one is? Exactly. So you're a new creature and you're still doing the things that you're not supposed to do. And so what did you get? You get zero. You don't get anything from it. And like the example you were saying, I think that when we think about discipline, we think to extreme sometimes. We think that it's, it's something that is so hard to, to attain. Like, I'm, I'm still going to fall because the Bible says that it's righteous to fall seven times. So I'm going to fall 20 times and I'm still going to get up. But then we need to understand that um, the same way you get addicted to that phone, the same way you can get addicted to self-discipline. Because you're, you're, doing, you're always on your phone, you're checking social media every five minutes. What if you're being disciplined every five minutes? And then it becomes a lifestyle. And they're like, oh, I didn't know I could get to this point. I didn't know I could, I could be as, as controlled as I am right now. What do you think? And, and it's funny because I just had a revelation. Thank, thank you, Holy Spirit. The thing is this. You have to realize when it comes to discipline, a lot of us don't realize this, and it's happened to us. We can be saved with a bad discipline. Mm-hmm. Right? We can be saved with a bad discipline. I'll give it a good example. Um, for instance, when Jesus healed the blind man, or what's not even use that example? Uh, the the man at the at the pool. pool, perfect. He was always there. That was his discipline. He knew when to be there, what time, and that was the situation. He is now healed. Now here's the thing: that discipline gave him healing because his, it's, it's not that it was a good discipline. It's just that that's what he wanted to. That's what he needed to do. That's what he's used to, and now he's delivered. And now what happens is that the next day he wakes up. His flesh is so used to going to that spot and, and, and asking to, and begging and all these things like that. And, and what you have to realize is this. At that moment, you have to now distinguish, okay, this is what I used to do. This is where I was before. Yes, I got my healing and deliverance in that place, but there's a step forward I have to make where now I have to replace that discipline. And a lot of us, that's what we need to do. We need to replace the discipline because a lot of us were saved, even though we were saved in a position where we would go to bed and would always watch porn at that certain time. Let's be real. Let's be real. We were saved in a, in a position where it was messy, right? And we have to understand that it's a practical thing. That timing, that exact time that you'd watch that thing, that exact timing that you'd call that person, that exact timing of that thing, you now have to replace it with something else because there's a difference. You're a new creation. So there has to be a switch in the way you walk. And here's the thing. We sometimes think that God is just going to push us out of that thing. 
Thank you. I feel like people were expecting to receive the spirit of discipline. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think you had heard of the spirit of fasting. Uh, I don't think it ever existed. But you have to fast. There's grace for fasting, but you have to do it. Your, your participation is the discipline part of it. So if you're looking for, Father, give me the spirit to fast. Um, it doesn't work like that. But then you choose, okay, am I going to fast or do I um, feed my stomach in replacement with my destiny? Because if you are if you are required, if the Holy Spirit is telling you, I need you to fast for seven days, but you, you, I, think, I think what people don't tell you is that even the men of God are fasting, their stomach grumbles. They're like, I'm hungry. They're, that's when people are calling them, sir, we have food for you. Ma, um, we bought this thing for you. We wanted to bless you. That's that time. But then the discipline is like, oh, I need to fast five days because I want to receive something from God. And so we need to understand our participation in, in, in the prophecy coming to pass. That discipline is our participation in the process of our, our, our prophecies coming to pass. With most of us I've heard, many people have told you, I see you raising the dead. I see you healing the sick. And then 10 years after, but they're still seeing me doing this thing, but I haven't done it. And then God is like, oh, I've given you some instructions. That is where discipline comes into play. I think that's why as believers and as disciples we have to be very careful because mm. here's the thing when you accept this position of being a disciple right you have to realize that people are now watching mm. people are now watching so wherever you go trust me some of y'all faces have been on the instagram so trust me people see y'all right but when you go out into the world and you still do the same things even though you're now saved you're still in those those wrong disciplines the thing is that it creates a weird a weird place where now people are seeing you and they're kind of confused. I thought this is where you're, you are, but... <clears throat> and, and that's why, like what Lolai was saying, is that there's a lot of our, our doing that, that has to come with discipline. We have, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of sacrifice to do. There's certain things we have to literally force ourselves not to do. Like, <clears throat> there's people who have been delivered from so many things, but it's always going to come back up, guys. And that's the, that's, that's the thing... Of, of, of a believer is that we're always going to go back and forth with having to battle with whatever it is that you were delivered from, whether it is abuse or whether it's mental trauma, whatever it is, you're going to have to go back and forth. And, and, and that's where the discipline comes in because here's the thing, God can use that thing that you struggled in, that, that struggle as like your ministry, right? But here's the thing, you're not supposed to sustain it, right? Right? Cool. And that's where you have to now have healthy discipline. And part of that comes with accountability comes with people by your side a lot of things help with making sure that you're not alone and and being disciplined yeah can we open our bibles to um philippians 3 from verse 10 to 15 philippians 3 from verse 10 to 15 okay so 10 says that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. 11. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. 12. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of, um, of me. We stop there. Paul is saying, I press on. He's saying, I have the grace God has given me the grace. I'm able to not do what I, I'm able to stop myself from doing what I'm, I don't want to do. But I also press on. 
He said that you should work out your salvation. He didn't say easily. He said with fear and trembling. And so we need to understand that this work is pressing on. And that version says pressing forward. I want to do these things, but where I'm going is bigger than these things I want to do. For five minutes, for ten minutes, for fifteen minutes. We say that God has given us the grace to say no. But if somebody asks you, let's go to this place. The grace is there, but you don't say it. You say, let's go. And then something happened there, like, God, you abandoned me. Oh, no. The grace has been given, but you refuse to control this flesh. I remember Emeka gave this example of how we are three. There's the flesh, the soul, and the spirit. And then the spirit is, is fighting for the soul. The flesh is fighting for the soul. And sometimes we feed this flesh so much, we give it enough power to get the soul from the spirit. But then we don't feed the spirit enough to get the soul from the flesh. And so that's what discipline does. But then sometimes we aim too big. We'll come, come to that. <laughs> and even as she was saying that, for me, I, I kind of think to myself, like, can we stop asking for Holy Spirit, speak to me, speak to me. And when he speaks to you, saying, like, you, you just reject the voice? Because part of discipline, like, the Holy Spirit has been given to us to be a helper, right? But we ask to, like, open our ears so we can hear you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know, discernment, the spirit of discernment. And he speaks, and we continually reject the voice. And we wonder why we're still in whatever we are. We, we wonder why we still go to bed late. <laughs> we wonder, like, because here's the thing about discipline. Discipline is one of those things that's a domino effect. And what I mean by a domino effect is that the, your lack of discipline in one area automatically will affect another area. I'll give you a good example. For instance, someone who says that, okay... I've moved on from this relationship. I'm going to make sure that from now on, I sleep at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Okay, cool. You know, let's be real. I have homework to do. You know, it's 9.30, 9.45. It's cool, you know. But then there's some days that you don't have homework, right? Mm. And you see 10 o'clock. You put your phone on Do Not Disturb, but you're on TikTok or you're on Instagram. And then, you know, uh, and then you just scroll down and then you see that text message. <clears throat> You see that text message, and you open it, leave the person on red, cool. The next day comes, and then the same person texts again. And then you see it again, and what happens is that, this is how this one works. You don't even realize that you're not sleeping at the time you said. You just, you just, you just, you, you forgot about it. And then before you know it, you're now answering the text messages. You're now entertaining the person. And you're now, you left something that was bad to go into something else that's even worse. <laughs> And, that's, and it's a domino effect, is that what you don't steward in one area is, like, can we be real? What you don't steward in one area is going to really affect another area. Like, I'm sure we've seen situations where they say, come here at this time, African time, God help us. They say, come here at this time, come here at this time, and you continually show up late to things, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be the day, God forbid, the day that you're supposed to have your appointment. It's not God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> but the day that you're, you're the answer to that prayer that you have, you're supposed to be at a, at a certain time because of your lack of discipline and all that. You're, you're so, you subconsciously program yourself to showing up late and you miss out on what you're supposed to get. And, that, and, and many of us, I remember I used to pray this prayer, God, recover all the favor that I've lost. Because here's the thing, sometimes because of your lack of discipline, you won't even realize what you're losing. You won't even get to see it. You won't even get to see the answer. Like, <laughs> I remember there would be times where they'll say that, oh, I'll give a good example. You know, 
this is like this is a stupid example, but like for instance, let's say like you leave you leave a party or you leave an event, and then like let's say a celebrity shows up five minutes after, right? And you'd be like, dang, I'm so like man, like I was just there, like bro, like I could have you know saw the celebrity, but a lot of times what I've realized in that moment is that. Sometimes, because of my lack of discipline in one area, let's say I was supposed to leave the house at 5 o'clock, and I was supposed to go to this place, and I was supposed to go to that place. And because of my lack of time management, so now when I get to that place, I got to rush out now because of the fact that I'm running late, I got to go home, and, then I'm, I'm, and now I leave, and then that thing comes in. It sounds so stupid, but that's a lot of times how our blessings, our answers, our, our destiny helpers, let's be real, mm-hmm. we miss out on them because there's somebody that you're supposed to meet, but you miss out on because of your lack of something. Yeah. I think you just came into where should you be disciplined. I forgot that what he was talking about was discipline with time. And we look at the story of Saul and Samuel. I think we all know the story. When they gave him instruction to wait for some days, and after that, I'm going to come and tell you what God is saying, and then after a while, people kept pressuring him, and say it, do it, do it, and, and then right after he did, it was when Samuel came in. And when you're talking about discipline with time, he said it's a ripple effect. The same way you're late to party, the same way you're late when you've told God, I'm going to meet you at a particular time. That's because it's now a part of you. You, this now the thing that you're used to. Oh, African time, you do African time in the church, you do African time in school, you do African time at work, and everywhere, just African time, and you don't live in Africa. So, but, but discipline with time, discipline with time. One of my pet peeves, one of the things I hate the most is coming late to anywhere. I, I valued my time. If you tell me that you need me somewhere at 6, at 7 o'clock, I'm giving you one hour. Some of us are upset because people always expect you to be in a particular place because you always show up. People have devalued your time the same way you do not value your time. And so it's very important that you know that time is money. Your time is important to you. If you can stay on the phone for five hours talking to one person, and after that call, you cannot, you cannot pick one thing you learned from that conversation. You've, you've wasted five hours. You could have done a lot of other things. And then the person will call you back the following day because, oh, we talked five hours yesterday. We should be able to talk five hours today. And so it's very important that you put value in your time. Out of 24 hours, what, I, what am I going to achieve in this day? Every day, I, every time I lose, I lose my life as well. Because I'm not the same age I was yesterday. And so it's very important that we have, have discipline with our time. Because it comes even when we're spending time with God. If you are if this kind of person that you just want to do things and just get out of it, I'm, I, I really don't have the time. Like people say, I don't have the time. You come to the presence of God and you do the same thing. You, God is speaking to you and you're like... It's up to the, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And you're literally just floating. And so it's very important that we put discipline with our time. The next one is discipline with money. Discipline with money. Discipline with money. You spend your entire salary buying one outfit. And then you are telling God, deliver me from the spirit of poverty. Nah, you are the spirit of poverty. Discipline with money. Some things are not some things are not prayer points. Faith, <laughs> faith and works. Faith and works. Some things are in action. There's some things that you don't have to pray about. If you manage your money right, you will have, you'll be wealthy. Even with the, with the one, 3K, 2K you're making a month. 
just take let, um, the way my mom taught me about saving. She said you divide it, um, you take out everything that is important. You divide it into fifty percent. Fifty percent you pay your rent. Then the remaining fifty percent divide it again into twenty-five, twenty-five. Then divide it again into ten. The thirty percent goes as she broke it down into many, many t- percent. But in, at the end of the day, I'm saving more than half of my salary. And at the end of the year, I see the money. I see the money. It's yours. I'm not. Nobody's going to collect it from you. Whatever you do with it is yours. So I don't know what's saying about discipline money. Attack them. <clears throat> no, I think even with her saying that, you know, for me, because I think for a lot of us, we know what it takes to be disciplined, but it's like we just don't want to admit it, right? And, of course, the Holy Spirit is, is by our side. And I think a lot of us, as much as we, we rely on the Holy Spirit, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit even more in this area, mm. you know? He's not going to do the work for us, but he's definitely going to help us. And I want us to just turn to to uh, First Corinthians, <clears throat> real quick. First Corinthians, uh, verse two, or chapter two. Sorry, First Corinthians chapter two. And I'm going to read from verse ten. Verse ten. It says here, "But God has revealed them to to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what a man knows, the things of a man." except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So what is this saying here is that, specifically, the spirit knows the things of God. So when the spirit speaks to you, he's speaking aligned with God, aligned with God's will for you. So even if you're at the point when you're when you're going to go when you're not being disciplined, whatever the spirit speaks to you, just know that it's aligned with God, God with true. God's will for you. That's true. And whether that thing is you suck at planning things, or you're not the you're not that organized, you're not the best communicator, all these things like that, that you struggle in being disciplined, you have to understand that when the spirit speaks, it's going to be for your benefits. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for a better mint. And the beautiful thing about this is that your discipline affects others in a great way. You know, Paul speaks this, uh, he speaks this in the the word, I think it was in um, Ephesians 4.25. I'll I'll turn to it real quick. Because you have to realize that why are we being disciplined? A lot of us forget why we need to be disciplined. We think it's for ourselves. Yeah, we do have a benefit of it. But in in the grand scheme of it, you have to realize that it affects others' view of God. So Ephesians 4 says, verse 25, it says, therefore put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole, who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So, and I want us to pay attention to verse 28. It says, don't steal any longer. Stop what you're doing. And instead, put that somewhere else. So to give to the poor, to give to someone else who's in need. The thing is that your discipline affects someone positively, affects the body of Christ in a way like no other. And when you're disciplined in that area, whether it's you stewarding your finances, you don't know because of your stewardship of finances, you now have a little bit more money to give to some friends who are in need. That's true. I'm sure a lot of us have been in circumstances where someone has asked us, like, hey, can you, like, borrow me, like, $5 for gas, you know? I remember my dad used to tell me that he would always set aside something just to help people. But a lot of us, if you can't even steward our finances because every paycheck we're blowing it or the little money that we get, we're blowing it, 
the person that we're supposed to help, that we're supposed to be a resource to, because a lot, a lot of us are just always looking for resources for ourselves. Mm. We never see ourselves as a resource for somebody else. So the moment that you're supposed to help somebody, you don't even have the tools, the practical tools to even help the person. And this example that I got, um, um, some of us, we go for conferences, spiritual conferences, um, Women Evolve, Man Evolve. Um, <laughs> but we go for conferences like that, and because obviously you pay for the package, you book the book of hotel and everything, and then you go there, and night one, you found that they have a nice pool, and then you're swimming away your destiny. Why some people are there actually praying that, Father, I want to receive something from this. It, it's, it's still discipline. It's still discipline. You go somewhere where you should learn, where you should gain something, and then you spend your time doing something else. That is still discipline. And so there's, a, there's, a, there's an aspect of deliverance that's called conformity. This is not something they pray about. This is something that you, you, you discipline yourself to. You're conformed to it. Conformed to what God is saying. The moment God gives you an instruction, you are doing it. You're not waiting until God tells you two, three, and then he stops telling you. And so, so it's very important that we understand that discipline is important as disciples. Like you said, people are looking at you. Some people, as disciples, you have quote-unquote followers. And then you have people that are watching your lifestyle. And they're, they're saying, where is God in this person? This person prays the best, worships the best. But then you see that the little things, the little things, you plan to meet up and they don't show up on time. You plan a conversation over the phone and they don't call on time. Or they forget to call while I got busy. The little things. The little things. As disciples, we need to live a disciplined life. You need to live a disciplined life. There are so many unbelievers that are so disciplined. The Bible says that rain, the, the rain falls on both the believer, righteous and the unrighteous. And so it's a principle. What you sow is what you reap. And so they show up for, both of you go for an interview and they show up before you because of their discipline with time and they get it and you think God is not, God doesn't care about you. It's all because you're not disciplined. And I think even with what she's saying, like, I think a lot of us may struggle with discipline because we don't understand our calling. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, if you don't understand your calling, you won't necessarily know what is required for your calling. That's true. Because even, even in Ephesians, I just put it up here, uh, Ephesians 4 verse 1, it says, I urge you then, I am a prisoner because I serve the Lord. Live a life that measures up to the standard God set when he called you. So when that is said, it's basically saying that your life should be aligned with your calling. So as a disciple, you have to realize, because we're not, we're not even talking about the level where the good things you still can't even do it because of your calling. Because it's not everything bad that we're just talking about. But there's even a level that you're going to get to in your walk that even the good things you can't do, you have to be disciplined with because it's not for you. So here's the thing. You have to realize and understand what God is calling you to because the thing is that your stewardship of that little area can be the impact of your, of your calling, the impact your message to, to, to your small group, a message to your school, to, to people within your classroom. And that's why a lot of us need to understand our calling, understand what we're doing, why we're on this earth. Because when you understand, you'll understand how important it is to be disciplined in those little things that you don't see fit. 
a teacher, a teacher, a teacher will, will, will know what time to sleep every single day because she knows in the morning, she knows that she has students who are going to be super crazy and excited and she's going to be, she's got to match that energy. She's got to give them the best that she can give. But here's the thing. If she doesn't understand what's required of her, if she goes to bed at 12, 2 a.m. and she wakes up, she's going to be cranky and she's not going to be able to give the students what they need right? And that's just how it is for us as disciples is that there's something that the world needs from us. We might not be apostles or on a platform yet, but here's the thing. This is the, this is the breeding ground. This is the point right now where we have to work and be disciplined because these things that we're being disciplined in is going to help us and launch us into that's what's right. next for us. That's right. That's right. Um, the little things that God is teaching you now, um, if you can't manage your money, you cannot discipline with your time. And then God is taking you to another level where you need to manage other people's money. Where you need to, where you are, you, you control other people's time. But then the little things now, it's not, so, well, I, I'm late somewhere, they're not upset. And then you, it becomes a, a, an addiction to be indisciplined. And it's very important that we know that um, this thing that we're saying, that we've been saying since the morning, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. When when Bible saying I die to myself that I might be alive again in Christ, he's saying that these things do is it's painful to die. It's hard to die, and so it's important that we find accountability. You've heard all of these things. I want to be disciplined. I want to live a life that God will be able to give things important to me, give me people's lives to manage. But I want to be disciplined. I want to live that life finding accountability. Someone that will call at that time and say. Ah, are you praying or are you sleeping? Are you studying or do you want us to study together? I heard, oh, we're supposed to meet up somewhere. You came five minutes late. I understand. But try it next time. Try to uh, have a one-hour buffer just in case something happens. Someone that would correct you, not your friend, that both of you come late together. Jesus. Not the person that cannot manage our money that we're spending together. No, this, you know this person will hound you till you get it right. Find those people. With the Holy Spirit, and you realize that you're living a disciplined life. Yeah, and I, I think that even what you're saying, I think that you have to be real with yourself. What are your weaknesses? What do you struggle with? Where are you indisciplined in? If it's prayer, that's okay. What's prayer is okay. If it's if it's not really having enough time to read the Bible, it's okay. But be honest with yourself and realize that you have to be disciplined in it. And then lean on God, lean on the Holy Spirit. Surround yourself with people who will encourage you, who will have your back. And make the steps. Tell yourself, I got to get it in line. <laughs> if, you're, if you're used to only praying for like 20 minutes and you realize that you're always distracted, there's a reason why. <laughs> because, so if, if it's more time you need to allocate, you'll realize that, okay, 20 minutes has passed. My focus is getting there now. Hmm. 30 minutes, I'm locked in now. Before you know it, you're not 40 minutes. And even with that, that's where you start to realize that in your discipline, God is blessing your discipline. Hmm. Because God sees your discipline. In the scripture, there's a man, it, it, it highlights a man, Cornelius. And in, in the description of Cornelius, it literally says that he was a man who was always, like his family worshiped God. He was consistent in worshiping God. And God used him to help Peter. So the thing is that in your discipline, you're literally highlighting yourself to God. How did God know that Job was a, was a, was a, was a, was a faithful man? He saw his discipline. He saw his consistency. <clears throat> and that's the thing. When God sees your inconsistency, when God sees your lack of discipline, does he really want to give you that thing that you're, that you're asking for? 
Can you really steward that thing? You want to be, you want to be a, a CEO, but you can't even handle this aspect? It's not that God's not trying to answer your prayers. It's just that you're not doing the due diligence and being disciplined to get to that place. It's little seeds, guys. They grow. It's just the little decisions that, that one thing at a time, being disciplined in one area helps you. Um, lastly, I just, like I said, don't, don't think too big. Um, don't plan too big. That's where you fall short. I've not prayed in years. I want to pray. Start five minutes. Start ten minutes. Don't say, oh, they're telling me I have to pray. So you're praying for one hour. And you only concentrated for five minutes. You really prayed for five minutes. So start small. Start small. But you need to understand that consistency breaks flow. And flow brings hearing. When you're consistent in something. Consistent in something. I remember the story I heard of this man that every time he prayed, he would bring a chair in front of him and sit in front of the chair and like he's talking to God. Talking to Jesus. And he did this for one year. Consistently. And then one day he heard a knock when he was about to start praying. And it was like, oh, it's done. And said, it's Jesus. It's time to pray. Consistency brings hearing. And flow and flow brings hearing. When you do something consistently in the place, you build an altar. You invite the spirit of that thing. If you're, doing, if you're watching porn at a particular time every day, you invite the spirit of, of, of porn. And then eventually they build an altar with you there. But if you're praying in one spot every day, that's a secret place. You don't need a shed to be a secret place. You're praying in one place consistently. Eventually, you find out the Holy Spirit will take over. The spirit of prayer will take over from you. And then you start to hear God clearly. That is discipline. Start small. Start small. If you don't get anything that we said today, get that. You want to hear from God? Start small. And then after the small, then you will feel the flow of the spirit of God. And then you start to hear God. Yeah, and I sense that the Holy Spirit is, is highlighting that. Don't let your discipline be foiled by comparison. Don't let your discipline be foiled by comparison. Because a lot of us, we, we compare ourselves to somebody else or compare somebody, ourselves to somebody else's walk, how they're good in this area, how they're financially well, how they're spiritually on fire, how they pray for two hours. And what happens is that we try and replicate it in our own life, and it doesn't work for us. And that just, it goes with what she's saying, start small. Okay, cool. They saved, they saved $20,000 in one year. That's good for them. I'm going to try and save $200. <laughs> it's cool. It's fine. Don't compare yourself and act on the comparison and try and be disciplined on somebody else's, on somebody else's life because you're not, you're, not, you're not being disciplined for the wrong reason. So realize that, yes, somebody is doing great in one area of their life. That's great. But I got to look at my life and say, I got to start small. Yes, I don't want to be on my phone as long. That's cool. I'll make sure I just set a timer. T- set a timer. It may not be as, 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 maybe it's like 12 hours usually. Cool. I'll try 11 hours today. Next week, I'll try 10 hours. Start small. Don't compare yourself to somebody who's a minimalist, <laughs> you know, who's, who doesn't like to talk to anybody. That's them. That's them. Y'all are not the same. Amen. Let's, let's stand, please. Um, everything that we do, every action, every action word is backed up by a spirit. And so there's a spirit of indiscipline. When, when, even when you're trying to be disciplined, the spirit is living with you. It's already in you that you cannot even be disciplined as much as you want to. And so my prayer point, our prayer that we're going to pray today is that, Father, take away the spirit of indiscipline from me. And I invite the spirit of discipline. 
Jesus was disciplined. He knew, he knew when it was time to get out. He knew when it was time to talk. He knew what to say. Even when he said, Father, let this cup pass over me. At that moment, he said, not my will, but let your will be done. Father, help me to be disciplined. I invite the spirit of discipline. And I chase out the spirit of indiscipline. Things that don't matter. Because you think it doesn't matter. You don't take it seriously. But then it matters in, in your future. It matters with you. Father, I'm used to getting late to places. Getting late to work. But then they've, they've overlooked it. But it's not that important. But Father, I don't want to live like that anymore. Because I want to spend time with you and show up. Father, I don't know how to manage my money. As it comes, it goes. Lord, help me to be disciplined with my money. Father, you're giving me instructions. Do this, do that, but I don't want to do it. Help me to be disciplined with my instructions, with the instructions you give me, with the vision you put in my hands, that baby that you put in my hands that is still small that I want to grow. Help me to be disciplined with it. And Heavenly Father, we hear your children. God, we want to live a disciplined lifestyle, God. There's certain areas, God, that you know about that we've squandered, that we haven't stewarded the best way, God. We ask for the grace, God, but we also ask for the practical ability to say yes and to say no, God. Heavenly Father, God, even as we're going into this week, God, we ask, Lord, for the strength, God, the area that we've been weak in, God, whether it's money management, God, whether it's reading our Bible, whether it's quiet time, God, whether it's communicating, whether it's having great relationships, whatever it is, Heavenly Father, God, that we need to be more disciplined in, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, you know the bigger picture, God. You know the impact, God. You know our destiny, God. You know our purpose, God. So I pray, Heavenly Father, God, with your Holy Spirit, God, I pray, Lord, empower us, God. Help us, Lord, uh, Heavenly Father, God. Give us the strength, God, to say no to be disciplined, God. I pray, Heavenly Father, God, that the story for the GAP members, God, is that we're a disciplined church, God. We're a disciplined church. We steward what you give us, God. We steward the little God, and we we, we, we grow, God. We grow, God. And you, with that, you trust us, God. You trust us, and you give us more, God. So, Heavenly Father, God, we just declare, God, uh, Lord, that grace, God, for discipline, God, Heavenly Father, that grace for discipline, God, is upon this, uh, this, this congregation, Heavenly Father, God, Lord. We declare, Heavenly Father, God, that this is a disciplined congregation, God. We are disciplined. Help us, Lord, to be better disciples, God. To be better disciples, God, within our workplace, within our schools. Heavenly Father, God. We ask, Lord, to be disciplined, God. We want to be disciplined, God. Every aspect of indiscipline, God, we we ask that it is rooted out. The seeds of indiscipline, we rooted out, Heavenly Father, God. And we ask, God, for a new seed of discipline, God, to be within our lives, Lord. In the mind of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817 817- 382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.